You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. This episode is brought to you by Palo Alto Networks, the leader in cybersecurity. As AI-driven attacks increase, organizations can't afford to have network security that's stuck in the past. Discover how Palo Alto Networks can help you predict what's coming and proactively secure against it with a zero-trust, AI-powered network security platform built to secure whatever, whenever, wherever. To learn more, visit paloaltonetworks.com slash network security platform. everyone, and welcome to the CyberWire's Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down threats and vulnerabilities, solving some of the hard problems of protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us. We came across uh, these uh, resumes, uh, or resume decoys, uh, which were embedded with command to download MindBridge Remote Access Trojan. That's Deepin Desai. He's CISO and VP of Security Research and Operations at Zscaler. The research we're discussing today is titled Return of the MindBridge Rat with New TTPs and Social Engineering Lures. Imagine a world where you're always one step ahead of cyber threats, where your defenses are impenetrable because you see what others don't. Welcome to Team Cymru's Threat Intelligence Solutions. With real-time access to the world's largest threat intelligence data ocean, they enable you to turn the tables on attackers. Transform your security from reactive to proactive through accelerated threat hunting and incident response, made possible through automation. Empower your team with visibility and insights to start defending your organization like never before. Team Cymru. Be the hunter, not the hunted. Learn more at team-cymru.com slash cyberwire. That's team-cymru.com slash cyberwire. Now, we have been tracking this uh, malware family for past couple years. Uh, and uh, what was interesting in this case was, uh, you know, it was leveraging the resume theme, uh, which was also related to a couple other campaigns that we saw. And some of the TTPs, uh, tactics, techniques, and procedures that the threat actor used in this campaign matched uh, what we saw early last year as well. Well, let's uh, dig into the research together here. Um, you start off with some threat attribution. Who do you think is likely behind this? So based on uh, some of the techniques that we saw here, we are attributing this uh, with a moderate confidence to threat actor Phi O Phi, uh, which is a financially motivated threat group uh, that has been active since uh, at least 2014. Right? Now, attribution is a, uh, you know, it's a, Difficult game uh, because, you know, it's very easy to see overlap in infrastructures across different threat actors as well. But 
based on some of the things that we observed, uh, we feel like it's TA505. Hmm. Well, let's walk through the attack flow together. How does someone find themselves uh, falling victim to this? So if you look at the attack chain, it starts with a job resume uh, document. Uh, So it's a macro document that will uh, prompt the victim to uh, enable content, which is to run the macro. Uh, If the victim falls for that, uh, it will pop a PDF and show the actual, uh, or I would say, decoy profile of someone who's trying to apply for the job. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in the back end, what happens is uh, the macro code will leverage uh, Windows finger.exe. It's a legitimate program to download malicious content from the attacker-controlled infrastructure. Now, that file that gets downloaded as stage one payload is an SFX uh, binary. Um, it's named again after a Windows uh, program called certutil.exe, uh, which is then responsible for uh, dropping a package. That is actually a legitimate team viewer installer package. Uh, the only caveat over there is the package also includes a DLL, uh, which is this MindBridge RAT. And uh, the reason why the attacker chose to do this was they're leveraging a vulnerable version of TeamViewer application. So the vulnerability in that uh, older TeamViewer uh, application was uh, it was prone to DLL side-loading attack, right? And uh, using that vulnerability, uh, the adversary is able to load MindBridge DLL on the victim's machine. And after that, it's all, you know, the CNC activity, uh, the attacker has full control of the system and is able to download arbitrary files, steal information, uh, and even launch further attacks. Hmm. So it's it's interesting to me that, you know, there's several things going on here, several layers, but also, you know, being able to take advantage of a known vulnerability uh, in TeamViewer, uh, there's a certain degree of cleverness there, I suppose. And, and additionally, I, I guess there's a chance the TeamViewer wouldn't draw undue attention to itself? Yeah, I mean, this thing was patched by TeamViewer. Uh, the newer version of TeamViewer already patches this vulnerability. It's an old vulnerability, but yes, this is a very clever tactic. They're trying to bury uh, using two to three different things that we observed. The first one was they were uh, leveraging Windows uh, operating system, uh, legitimate application names. Like uh, uh, if you notice, there, there's a misspell defender.exe as well for uh, one of the binaries that gets dropped. Uh, certutil is another. Uh, and then usage of uh, you know legitimate programs like TeamViewer and uh, finger.exe absolutely makes it difficult uh, for some of the endpoint security software to flag this. Now, once it starts reaching out to the CNC controller, what's going on there? What are you tracking from that part of things? So once it has established uh, persistence on the victim machine, I mean, there are a bunch of commands that are embedded in this uh, RAT. Um, I mean, the attacker is capable of running arbitrary commands, downloading arbitrary payloads, and installing out in the victim machine. 
And they're also able to monitor and kill other processes uh, that are running on the system. Like it could be a security software, could be uh, anything that the attacker doesn't want on the victim machine. Uh, overall, they're trying to monitor uh, for information. And this is uh, where, you know, uh, the, f- the motivation eventually is uh, to make profit out of the information that they're able to collect out of the, even even having that network foothold and selling it to another group uh, results in a uh, lot of financial benefits for the threat actor. What about uh, persistence? How, how do they go about trying to stay on a system? Yeah, so that's, uh, again, uh, the, the tactic that uh, we talked about earlier uh, about using Windows uh, operating system file names. So even for the persistence part, uh, they actually create a link file with the name Windows Logon dot LNK, which is a link shortcut. And, and it's created in the startup directory. Uh, this is basically what will result in uh, the executable file that the link file points to, which is the MindBridge uh, rat to execute every time the system restarts. So one of the things you highlight in your uh, research here is that uh, they've also uh, implemented some sort of an alternative attack flow. What's going on there? Yeah, so the first one, which was the unique one that we expanded in the blog, is where you know the MindRidge DLL was uh, being loaded using the DLL side-loading technique uh, with TeamViewer. The alternate attack flow that we saw, uh, which actually is supported uh, by the DLL as well as uh, the, you could actually run it using the Reg uh, SVR32.exe. Uh, so basically, the adversary is able to register this as a service on the victim machine and uh, get the MindBridge uh, RAT uh, installed uh, in that manner as well. Hmm. well what's your estimation of, of the uh, sophistication of the folks who are behind this? I think some of the techniques that we saw, um, in fact, uh, the one that I'll specifically call out, uh, the attacker's use of legitimate Windows binary finger.exe to download content from the server was was one of the very few ones. In fact, I would call it the first instance that we saw in the wild uh, where a threat actor was using finger.exe in the attack chain. Uh, they also were, I mean, leveraging things like TeamViewer legitimate application and then uh, side-loading technique to get the MindBridge installed was also pretty cool. So I would say it is uh, a sophisticated uh, attack. Uh, we've listed all the TTPs uh, on the blog for anyone interested in finding out um, at each layer what was the tactic that the adversary used in order to establish persistence, in order to exfiltrate or do perform CNC activity. So what are your recommendations for folks to best protect themselves against this one? Yeah, I mean, uh, this theme was very similar to uh, another campaign that uh, um, Google's security group also reported where you know several security researchers were being targeted, right? And... Uh, a lot of the components of uh, both of these campaigns still involve uh, use of social engineering, right? So the inherent trust that we place in certain, you know, contacts, right? Uh, one one example that comes to my mind over here is 
you know, if you get reached out on LinkedIn by a person that is also connected to five other people that are on your contact list, uh, I mean, chances are you will accept that <laughs> connection and then you will start, you will also, you know, communicate with that person if uh, they reach out. So they try to exploit the trust. And that's the starting point. Beyond that, you know, uh, the campaign that, for example, Google highlighted involved uh, further communication and dropping off, uh, uh, again, similar resume files, profiles. In this case as well, uh, what you notice is the job resume files are being delivered to the victims and the victims are again being prompt, prompted to run the macro code and uh, uh, start the infection cycle. So being vigilant uh, towards any of these files that are coming from external sources, right? Not running arbitrary files on your system, especially do not enable content, do not run macro. That is <laughs> never going to lead to any kind of secret message being decrypted for you. It will always lead to bad stuff on the computer. Right, right. Words to live by, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it's interesting that um, just sort of tracking TA505, as, as you and your colleagues have been doing here, that that they've been around since at least 2014. I mean, that's a, you know, they've been around a while. And, and the, the fact that they're evolving, that they're changing their tactics, but still in the game, I think there's something noteworthy about that as well. Yep, uh, absolutely. And overall, if you look at the, uh, I mean, threat landscape evolution, if you look at things like ransomware, if you look at uh, some of the other info stealer campaigns as well, uh, the adversaries are moving away from, you know, the, what I would call it, spray and pray kind of approach, like no shotgun approach. It's more targeted, more tactical. Uh, and the volume of emails or uh, activity is considerably lower in each of these campaigns that we see. Our thanks to Deepin Desai from Zscaler for joining us. The research is titled Return of the Mindbridge Rat with New TTPs and Social Engineering Lures. We'll have a link in the show notes. Hey everybody, I want to take a few minutes here and talk about our sponsor, Splunk. You know, you need to keep operations humming around the clock, but potential disruptions are everywhere. Splunk helps you predict problems and find and fix issues fast so you can reduce risk and ditch downtime. The world's largest enterprises rely on Splunk's unified security and observability platform to become more efficient, resilient, and innovative. With Splunk, you can react quickly, evolve faster, and be ready for anything. Stay ahead of disruptions. Learn more at splunk.com resilience. The CyberWire Research Saturday is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.